My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. Whether you're blagging your way into Congress, dodging indictments or gag orders, getting shut down, kicked out, shamed in public, fined for your own stupidity, or just having a tough time remembering where you are, that you're actually the president, it's been a topsy-turvy year in US politics. How does it all stack up, though, when compared to similarly dismal years? Where were the highlights and is there any hope for the year to come? You guessed it. It's the Irishman in America Picks of the Year episode. And I'm joined, as always, by the brilliant Marion McKeown for our annual rundown of the biggest winners and losers of the last political year. We will obviously look back on the most notable events of the last couple of weeks in politics. But Marion, it has been a mad year. I feel like, though, I've been saying that every single time I've picked up the phone to talk to you. Has the madness become normalised in that time? Or was this year crazier than the ones before? This was a bumper year, Jarlis. If you're looking for crazy, this was the bumper year. This was the year to beat all years. And we said, we've said that, I think, since we've been doing this, really, for over the last several years. And I do remember thinking at the end of 2016, when the news came and the realisation came that Donald Trump would be president in 2017, thinking, oh, dear God, you know, what, what has happened to America and can it get any worse? Well, unfortunately, we know the answer it can and it did. And this year was, you know, if, if you were to bottle vintage crazy and sell it, <laughs> and God knows, as we've discovered, you can now sell anything. You can you know, do that. <laughs> Donald Trump's suit, for example, his, his indictment suit. But you could, this would be, this would be the, the, whatever the vintage is. I think it was, was it 1998? That was the, the year to beat all year in champagnes for slurry. For political slurry, this is yeah. the vintage year. And, um, it, and it all begins with Kevin McCarthy starting the year by pulling his pants up yeah. and down in public over oh, and over shame. again. The humiliation. Yeah, in gurning for this job of speaker. Surely he's your favourite to win Biggest Loser of the Year because even George Santos has walked away with a more successful cameo career for himself. <laughs> uh, now, you did mention to me already, I was tempted to. I really was going, that's Marion's present sorted for this year. <laughs> and snap and back at you. And, and I'm going to make yours longer and harder. <laughs> I'm going to get him to sting on it. You know what? You're, you're right. He has. But isn't this the trend, Charlotte? The monetizing of when people would have run away and dug a big hole and crawled under a rock. Now they flaunt it. They monetize mm. it. They glorify it. And we have the examples 
you know, Donald Trump at one end and George Santos at the other, but also, you know, biggest loser. Let's, let's, it's, no, yeah, Kevin you, McCarthy. Got a real gallery any, to choose from. <laughs> in any other year, you know, becoming speaker after 15 grueling, humiliating rounds and, yeah. and then to have it whipped from you by a clown car of eight morons, you know, and let's face it, that's really what they were. Ten months later, I was up there during that whole zoo. And I remember the next day and Kevin, when they were nailing, they put up, because they do it immediately, they put up the speaker sign and Kevin McCarthy and this, he was, God love him, for the, the ten months he was there, any sort of randomer, for want of a better word, who happened to wander around Statuary Hall and, and you know, the, the dome, he'd literally almost grab them, whether they wanted or not, and say, you know, do you want a picture taken with me? I'm the speaker. I'm the speaker. Oh look gosh. at me. Look at me. I'm yeah, speaker. and his and his year ends with him dropping and, sneaky digs into the back of people uh, you know, in the corridor. Elbowing, elbowing a Republican colleague in the kidneys. And that's how it kind of went out. And Matt Gates being threatened. And uh, understandably, I have to say, Matt Gates, who, of course, got the the ball rolling two months ago to oust him, but it showed if you know if you ever want to encapsulate just the dysfunction of this year from the start January with the fifteen rounds when anyone else would said you know what lads I can take a hint mm. you know but no Kevin McCarthy couldn't and then the craziness that followed the pathetic attempts to instill order of some sort on on Congress and then the humiliation of being ousted by a clown of the caliber of Matt Gates and his bunch of assorted lunatics. Um, and, and then, as you say, the, the kidney in the... in, in the, the in dig the, in the kidney, the, yeah. yeah. The dig I, in the kidney, uh, let's the hold, threats of violence. And that was the... the this that is was the year. That talking. was the year that was. This is not, this is not the, you know, the ultimate fighting yeah. association or whatever. Uh, that was the year. But yeah, we, we have plenty of other losers. Right. Well, let's hold off on naming yeah. the loser until yeah. later on, because as you say, there's so many to choose from. You've often used the term the congressional Kardashians to describe these people that you're referring to, the Matt Gates of this world. And certainly George Santos now enters into a new category. Maybe it's the x-factor uh politician who you know fails the audition but then yeah. is able to actually fill venues on the back yeah. of such an embarrassing career it did except for jarlath and i'm sorry because yeah. except one thing he's probably going to jail <laughs> you think so, so you, if he's you, going to be on dancing with the stars and if he's going to be on all the other things that that, that become the republican alternative F forum, he'd better get his skates on yeah. or his dancing shoes on or, or whatever. Or, yeah. or, or try and do it from <laughs> prison, Indeed. which is which has been on the cards for, for Donald Trump. We should we should get to him. Right. We should get to him because in June, the probably the most notable Donald Trump story this year was the indictments. The first yeah. indictments arrive in June. And again, like I said at the start, it seemed like such a huge deal. I remember going to Clonakilty and, you know, pulling out the recording kit and going, we got to record, Marion. Now, yeah. it's just with all of these indictments, it seems so normal. Uh, how, how has he managed to pull off that card trick? Well, you know, I think he's just trumped it out. And, you know, the, the biggies came, like the, the June, the, the, the um, documents, the classified documents, mm -hmm. and, and of course the, the um, January 6th. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's a bit of a blur. I remember in New York, the New York indictments came in April or March, did oh, they yes. not? I remember being yeah. there 
outside the courtroom and yet all the protesters um, and all the the anti-Trump and the pro-Trump, they're taking pot shots each other and they're dressed up in their crazy outfits. And you thought, okay, this is nuts. This is nuts. Um, and the media show, which was even more bonkers, and then Trump sneaking out at the back and almost crashing into a wedding couple. Like the whole the whole yeah, thing was insane. And also, but, but though, then Marianne, Miami- let, me ju- let me jump in there real quick, yeah. because also you said to me that at that time, and I wondered if it was a turning point. Is it a turning point in hindsight that he was demanding we, you know, take to the streets, get behind the barriers, you know, yeah. protest like crazy. And he didn't get the turnout. Didn't Those people didn't show. And you know, it's sad. There, there were probably let's be charitable um, and say there were a couple of hundreds, which is all there were. And I recognise honestly almost every one of them to a person because they turn up at the opening of every Trump envelope. Anywhere mm. that Trump goes, they follow. Yeah. And the same crowd traipses down to Miami outside the courtroom in Miami, and the same crowd traipses back up to DC looking for mischief there. And you know, so and and indeed to, to Atlanta in even smaller numbers. Like that was a handful. So yeah, but this is the big disconnect where you have this ferocity of support still for Donald Trump. And we had a poll come out just this week uh, suggesting, which was even worse news than the New York Times poll that came out about six or seven weeks ago, that has him losing. Joe Biden losing to Trump in all in seven swing states by up to 11 points in each stage. And, you know, so where you've got to wonder. And of course, we, we have to because, you know, he did see out the air in in. Why are we even surprised the Trump suit, his indictment suit is now being cut up allegedly. And let's just say allegedly, because this is Donald Trump and um, it's being cut up into little pieces and it's being sold to anybody who buys all 47 of Trump's cards. And I do remember we had a bit of a laugh about those cards before. The, the, um, it was Trump as Superman, Trump on, you know, on Mount Brushmore, Trump sitting in Lincoln's chair and the Lincoln Memorial, like all, all the kind of thing only a lunatic would do. Mm. But um, and, uh, anyway, if anyone will buy all 47 now for $99 each, they will get, they can like, get their shroud of Turin. Yeah. It's not, it's so I thought, do you remember there was a scam? Where people were selling allegedly bits of the cross the, from Calvary, yeah, and bits of the Turin shroud, and bits of the Berlin know, Wall, yeah, similar, the Berlin yeah. Wall. This is where does anyone believe for a second? Now, for starters, Trump has only worn one suit. It's that baggy blue Brioni suit that he's he's got a hundred of them, probably maybe a thousand. Mm. That that that's the uniform. Does anyone really believe? My thing is, he's going to go out and buy a blue polyester suit in the men's warehouse or send a flunk for $99. He'd probably oh, get two for a hundred. Piece of, and, uh, piece of material. I, like, why Why would you... No way. Like, the, yeah. the fraud um, fine that was handed down at the, at the beginning, in the beginning of this year, yeah. was $1.6 billion to the Trump organisation. Where does that fit, would you say, if we're doing a chart of the top uh, the top moments uh, that are mortifying for him this year because he managed like whatever you think about the man he managed to turn what could have been embarrassments into more fuel for the fire like the, yeah. the as you say the polls yeah. say that it they, all of this shit has worked 
out for him. So you've got the yeah. big fine, the 1.6 billion. Yeah. You've got E. Jean Carroll in there, which we're inclined yeah. to forget five, about. Five million. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've then got uh, this fraud case, which, you know, he's sitting out right now, which isn't even to, you know, to find right or wrong. It's literally to decide it's how, just how much. much. Yeah. 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 Uh, and yet he keeps relitigating it and pissing off the person who's going to decide how much. Yeah. You would think more more and more humiliation like the the guy who's meant to be the best deal maker and best businessman is being proven to be a fraud and yet he is topping the polls in Iowa an even bigger lead this week when no one thought that was even possible like these how have how do these things stack up for you Marion like you know I think just that Shameless. The word shameless was invented for Donald Trump because it seems it's impossible that you can enrage him, you can make him furious, but he is essentially shameless because to be hawking bits of it, like being indicted should be, and, and on that charge, should be the most, in, in Atlanta, um, should be the most humiliating thing for a president, for anyone. For anyone, mm. you would you would want to forget it. The last thing you'd want to do would be to glorify it. But you know, he's also got the indictment socks on his website. He has indictment Christmas wrapping paper, for God's sake, with his mugshot. You know, he has monetized that and monetized that. And I think he just figures the only way is to just brazen it out that then all of the base, all the bad guys will have a good old chuckle and go stick it to them, Donny. You know, don't mm. let the bastards grind you down, etc., etc. Um, and but to me, it, there's something for America. I mean, you cannot help but like the, the, the jokes would write themselves about this bloody suit. I mean, what's next? The shirt, the underpants, the shoes, Christ knows, you know, mm. which bit of the suit do you get? It, it's, it's absurd, but it's terribly also, uh, you know, I think America, if it survives, if it, if it survives the next year, because this time next year, Charlotte, we could be marvelling in horror, not in awe, at the fact that Donald Trump is going to be the next president. Right. Well, we, we're we going to talk about that in the second half of the show yep. over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Now, if this is the week where you're like, oh, God, I got so much on my plate, make some time if you enjoy this podcast to come over to Patreon. Maybe this is the first time you do it. Sign up for a five or a month, no obligation, cancel any time you like and get the full hour with Marion because the second half is where we get to the juicy stuff. And I'm going to quiz her on the probability of that actually taking place where he is right now in the polls and what the chances are why DeSantis and Haley are playing this game of don't criticize Donald and is that decision because they know he can't run and that they will have to win over his contingent of followers so the first one to criticize them is the first one out it's a fascinating situation to find ourselves in Marion but it is been an unbelievably depressing news year you would have to say yeah how have you held up and what was the story that really got you that really got to you okay you know what weirdly the one that and it was a cluster of stories really the supreme court because they should know better they should know better and they have become guns for hard. The Republican majority, the conservative majority there. We saw Clarence Thomas and the freebies. We saw Samuel Alito. We saw this spineless Chief Justice, uh, Chief John, John Roberts, the Chief Justice. 
refusing to do anything about the disgraceful behavior that that the Supreme Court judges were basically on a pay to play and um, worth God knows how much money, like from, you know, from billionaires who who collect neo-Nazi memorabilia, from from people who are holy, who should have no, they shouldn't be allowed near a Supreme Court justice. And that the Supreme Court, we saw the previous year how nakedly political it was, how it was basically just conservative senators and super senators in robes. And, and you know, really that it had lost with, with the Roe v. Wade overturning. And we've seen the impact of that. We've seen so many other Supreme... We saw the decision they made about the gun control in New York where they basically said to keep, again, the conservative zealots happy. Um, you know, the, the, that they, they allowed guns to be, you know, carried around New York anywhere and anywhere else in the country by the same token. Um, and these are people who are supposed to have integrity. No one believes politicians have integrity, let's face it. You know, they've shocked us this year. They've really surpassed themselves in in debasing political mm. currency. But it's, you know, with Trump and with all the people around him and all those lackeys and the corruption, you know, it, it's not new. It's worse than it's not new. But the Supreme Court, the, the way that they have debased themselves, the way they have sold the honour and the t- integrity of the court, to me, is the most... And it's also the one that will have the longest consequence because Donald Trump, let's face it, he's 77. He's out of here. At some point in the next decade or thereabouts, You'd he's hope. out of here if he's not in prison. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, really. And, and um, yeah, But everyone's but, left to deal with the consequences. The, the rulings in the Supreme Court will stand and may stand yeah. for half a century for longer. Only- and we, But as well, the failure, because... The reason democracies die, and we see it over and over, it's not revolutions anymore. It's not a military coup. It is when the citizens of a country become so disillusioned in the democratic institutions, their Congress, their courts, and their leaders, that they just go, screw this. You know, and that is, America is on that precipice. And if Donald Trump is elected president in 2024, honestly... America will cease to be a functioning democracy and in many ways already it already has so you know this is you cannot trust election results you cannot trust the Supreme Court to decide on the basis of law and precedent you certainly cannot trust the politicians we've seen how they've all behaved where it's all self-interest there isn't a principle amongst them and you know and with this I have to say I am referring to Republicans because you know, there was corruption within the Democratic Party. We saw Bob Menendez, give, you know, collecting gold bars from Egypt and other places, taking bribes to beat the band. You know, it's, it's disgusting and I, he should go to prison. But that is the exception, really, within the Democratic Party. With Republicans now, it's the rule. It's self-interest and it's... Yeah, and even Biden's impeachment, the vote to formalise the impeachment. You know, I mean... After everything we've seen, yeah. After everything. And there are some of the, one of the bright things is there are a couple of rising Democratic stars. And, you know, and there are some Republicans as well who have to, you know. Give us some names, throw some names out there. We've got to say Liz Cheney. She'll be back. She's the Terminator. She will be back in in one form or another. Uh, We saw Adam Kissinger. We did see some decent Republicans who were prepared to sacrifice their careers to do the right thing and all credit to them and being in that hostile environment. We even saw the the quasi-moral but 
slightly spineless Mitt Romneys of this world who kind of, you know, shouted out the truth as they were going out the door, which is pretty well what he did. Um, but he did stand up to Trump and he did stand up to the extremes on the right long before that. And he was the one who, in one of um, George Santos' more memorable, and indeed there were many quotes, where when when um, Romney read him the riot act and said he wasn't fit to be in, in Congress, absolutely right on that, um, uh, Santos compared himself to Rosa Park and, and to people trying to make her give up her seat. And you don't think, dear Jesus, you do have to almost laugh that he could make that comparison with a straight-faced George Santos. You know, that he is the latter-day Rosa Parks and that this is about somebody who is being victimised and being hounded, but who is going to stand resolute for the good of the country. And you just think, you know, uh, the gall, the nerve, yeah. the delusion, call it what you will. But I think that there, there were some Republicans who did, and there have also been a lot of strategists that I speak to who were really in the tank for the Republican Party and who have come out and gone, okay, you know what, this is, but it's too little, too late. And when I see people like um, Paul Ryan, who the other day was speaking at some event and he was praising Liz Cheney and praising Adam Kinzinger for sacrificing their careers, you think, well, where the hell were you, Paul Ryan, when you were Speaker of the House, when you, you ran out of Congress? And where were you when you were on the Fox News board when they were broadcasting all the lies that led directly to January 6th. You know, so mm. it's it's really... And, you know, Biggest Loser, are we still doing our losers? Yeah, I mean, well, look... Rupert we're, Murdoch. We've got to talk seven, about that. I mean, seven, Fox comes up, seven... Yes. Uh, 787... Or 787.5 million dollars. That makes you officially a big loser. Publicly yeah. incinerating the network's credibility Uh, Fox it doesn't seem like there's a way back he's out the door we do get a great book I mean I wonder is that your choice for book of the year Uh, ah yes one of them certainly yeah talk to us a little bit about that Dominion case when that goes down has that money been paid over? Like, for them to be the biggest loser, they have to pay that money. Because some of this, uh, I assumed, would be appealed and that that number would get written down. Where is that right now? No, I. funny, I did ask the lawyers about that and they said, oh yeah, no, we're, it, it's good. We've, we've got it. That, 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 that money has been paid down. But you know, that case to me was so fascinating because I... And we discussed this already, but I think it's worth mentioning. We were in the, all in the courtroom and it was only when the jury was selected that they finally went out because I, like all of the Fox people I spoke to and they had their, all their high-ranking people all over this and saying, we're going to fight to the end. We're going to the Supreme Court. We're doing the whole thing. Of course, you're going to bluff and bluster to a degree. But I do remember seeing the lawyers' faces and the Fox executives' faces when that jury was being called and of the 12 jurors who were finally seated after all the objections, nine of them were African-American and they were young. And there was one guy in that panel who looked like he might watch Fox News. And I thought in some bizarre way, the karma that came around because of the way they vilified Black Lives Matter, they vilified the death of George Floyd, they vilified and they have race baited and they have fueled that whole white nationalist, a great replacement, all of that. And I thought, my God, if ever there was karma, and you could literally, see, you could hear them gulping when they saw the, 
this is almost an all-black jury. And they pro- I think that that was the point. And the judge, who was a very smart judge, pretty well alluded to that when he said to the jury, you helped this case pretty well more than you know to, to come to a conclusion because there was going to be, they probably figured if we have, you know, whatever we have to pay, it's not going to be as much it, like the, the, that if we have this jury, there's a good chance it'll go the full 1.6 billion and then some. So, I, I, you know, and it was an extraordinary moment in the courtroom to, to feel that and that ripple and to feel the collective, oh shit, from yeah. the, the well, Fox you, lawyers you know, and personnel. Marion, it was uh, a win it had to be for journalism too, right? As a yes. journalist, you must have felt yeah. that journalism oh God, was yes. under attack for the last yeah. uh, few yeah. years. Um, what have you seen in terms of, like, if we're talking about bigger picture, wider lens views of things, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis would have us believe that the the war on woke is in the full throes. The action is taking place right now. Is that was that dialogue followed throughout the nation? Did people swallow that? Because surely the Dominion case was just in the same line going, no, we have standards. We have points at which actual hate speech and lies will not be accepted. Yeah. You know, I think that the war on woke and already it didn't age well, even as it was happening, it didn't age well. In real time, it was looking grey and saggy and appalling. Um, And I do not see... You know, who knows what next year will bring, but but this is already, he already, yes, you know, he's got the fringes, he's got the people who hate gay people, he's got the people that, you know, the screamers mm-hmm. who, who's, who whip up furies and frenzies about about the trans community, you know, and, and he's got the moms for liberty or whatever the hell they're sure. called. And the people you know, who hate Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah I, and don't forget the people who hate Mickey Mouse <laughs> because we didn't know there were any. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he was clear. <laughs> we, no. we thought we thought he was he one was person safe. <laughs> yeah. safe in this whole crazy bat show. But uh, so uh, that that ain't working for him. And I think that you know we spoke about biggest winners. To me, the biggest winner politically of the last year has been Nikki Haley. And it's not that I rate her as a politician. I think she's insincere. I don't think there's a whole lot of substance. But she is savvy. She mm. is savvy and she's an astute politician. There, Marianne, though, yeah. Right. Nikki Haley, right. She's getting your biggest political winner of this year. Yeah. Certainly wasn't a name that a lot of our listeners would have known until this year. So I think it's a fair shout. You say that Ron DeSantis' war on woke isn't working. And even this week, he started dropping some of that dialogue from what yeah. he's talking about. He's starting to go issue much more toe to toe on actual on the ground issues. Maybe it's a change attack or maybe he just knows that's a given. Like, which, you know, yeah. Like, do you read, when you say it's not working, is that just be, like, what do you mean by that? And surely, I mean, like, Marianne, this numbers. stuff is happening in Ireland right now. People yeah. talking shit about yeah. trans people and, uh, y- y- you know, just the idea of oh, political correctness has gone mad. Yeah, that, that's that's what do you mean? It's not working. I mean, it seems to be so rampant. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of hatred that has been whipped up in America. I think he is one of the uh, he and Trump. They're up there and several others, Tucker Carlson, etc. You know, Alex Jones, you name it. 
And, you know, we, I, I'm going to digress in a moment to something else mm. there. But but um, you look at DeSantis' numbers. He started out last April equal with Trump. They True. had the same yeah. polling numbers. He was polling like Trump. In the meantime, Trump was in, you know, indicted on 90, four times on 91 separate charges. It, that God, we can't even go through the, the other stuff, you know, the, the civil stuff, Eugene Carroll, all that. We, we, we touched on it all there. Um, and yet, at the end... Um, DeSantis is now around 14%, depending on the poll, between 11 and 14%. Nikki Haley has caught up with him. Now, it's, it's, a, it's a beauty contest for second place, so it's, it's kind of irrelevant. But as you said in the intro, and it's spot on, they are both hanging in there because they both think that if something happens to Trump, we're going to go and we're going to get those delegates that will be going to Trump otherwise. So they won't get out of the race. And I think they even think that there could be a showdown on the floor at the the um, Republican conference in Wisconsin in July, and that that you know if delegates are going to be traded and if there's going to be some kind of a last minute desperate deal done, they want to be there with their delegates and saying, "Well, give it to me, give it to me." So I don't think that while they can hang on financially because it is all about the money as well, I think they're going to stay in the race. But Nikki Haley, in my mind, it's not just. The more FD has seen of Ron DeSantis, the more they dislike him. The more they realise that it's really hard to be exceptionally dull and exceptionally nasty at the same at the time. Same but time. my God, he managed it. So that's a, that's a win of some sort for yeah. him if he's going to get yeah. a, a win. So biggest winner is Nikki Haley. We, Politically, we... because she has now, she is now seen as the credible She's the one that everybody, that I guarantee you, that everybody other than the diehard maggots is thinking, if only he dropped dead. If mm. only he dropped dead, we could have her. She could win it for us. And she actually, I think she could. Um, but also, in terms of being positioned for 2028, okay, you know, we, she, people we, have seen her. And it, it's a testament to the mediocrity of American politics because... She ain't that special. She's savvy. She comes across in a room full of li- talk about in the land yeah, of the blind. I, the I one can't I, wait to talk the about it. Is the queen. it but yeah, she, she, yeah, yeah. So, so we're going to talk about that second half of the show over on Patreon. We've got the categories to get through. Uh, biggest loser will be announced. Surprise package of the year. Rookie of the year. Most likely to go to jail. Movie of the year and book of the year. All Marion's choices over there on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. But I guess before we go to the break, Marion, I want to find out who your tip is for most likely to go to jail because there's quite a few in the in the offing and uh, heading for the finish line on this one. Is it Giuliani? Is it George Santos? Is it Donald Trump himself? Um, all three, I would say. Now, again, the, the first one in, the first one in stripes, in my view, will be George Santos because he's got a whole bunch of stuff and it, that, that will move relatively quickly. It, so I think because obviously uh, Giuliani... Um, uh, you know, Atlanta for Giuliani, if he hasn't um, entered a plea bargain yet, and if he doesn't, he is, they have him banged to rights, really. The evidence wow. is overwhelming. We're seeing him at the moment um, in the, the defamation trial, uh, Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman, and that appalling case. And so it, they're looking for 43 million. Now, Giuliani at the moment is selling off everything he owns, and the, the penthouse, the famous penthouse, New York. Is, is still on the block. And I think he's had to drop the price, but he's been selling 
the cigar humidifiers, the whole shooting gallery to try and raise money. Anybody else you might feel sorry for, but not when you see what he did and the suffering he caused mm-hmm. to to ordinary people who were just doing their job. And I hope they take him for every single penny that he has, because aren't he that he doesn't? But I think yes, he's in the thick of that, and if he does not cop a plea bargain, he's going to jail. On uh, in in that case, I really do believe well, so. I um, want to get clarification, and we're out of time in the in the first half of the show. But I want to get clarification on why you included Donald Trump as one of the three that would go to jail. I always thought that that wasn't in the offing, and that all of this was just leading no. to hefty fines. But to hear in it, Atlanta, in Atlanta, yeah. if he is convicted now, the Atlanta case may not happen until 2025. Um, the only thing then that will keep him out of because there is a mandatory sentence in a RICO case. There's no discretion mm. and there's no appeal because it's a state case. So if it's a federal case, he can get pardoned. He can get whatever, you know, and I, we spoke about this before that I actually believe that even if Jack Smith gets him um, it, for the January 6th stuff, that it's possible Biden might pardon him. It is possible because he might think for the good of the country and, you know, to avoid civil unrest or whatever else. But if if he is convicted in Atlanta, and let's face it, the evidence is pretty damn overwhelming in Atlanta, he's going to jail for five to 20 years. Well, I want to ask you in the second half of the show how that plays out for his supporters. Come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad to hear the rest of our conversation. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our...